All you scared to death Negroes. Just sit down. Don't you come out to defend our enemy. You sit down and you shut up and tell your master to come on out and deal with this. Yo. Good evening, sir. My guy. What's good, bro? <clears throat> Chilling, brother. Here. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's your boys. Silverback Chronicles Podcast. It's your boy, Big H. I got my brother, Dre. Good old why. What's good, bro? Chilling, my brother. Just, you know. Enjoying life. I like I like this fall weather. Not too hot, not too cold. Just right. I wear a hoodie in the morning, and then I'm sweating in the afternoon. Whatever. I like a little a little nice breeze. A little a little chill that comes across me. It, it keeps me nice and saucy. Right, let that wind hit your back. Man. Right. Oh, come on now. Hungry eyes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you. Boom, boom, boom. We're gonna start. I got this feeling it won't subside. I wish I knew that song. Come on, bro. Be swayzy. I, I know somebody. somebody oh, listen, I know somebody that do know it though. I think he should. I, do, does he know it? Does he know it? Does he know it? Come on, Brags. Uh, Damn it, man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm drowning in water, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we got a very, very, very special listen, episode. We got a phenomenal special episode. It just keeps getting better and better. Like what? We have the person that set off 30 in the building. Yes. And now we got the person that set off 30's better half to set off 40. Phenomenal. Come on, man. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 40, by the way, if you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. episode 40. Cuarenta. Is that right? Yeah, no, you nailed it. I nailed it. Oh, yes, you did. You get an A in Spanish. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, Triple C Yo What's good bro Maintaining chilling bro Nice Alright listen We're not gonna uh, waste no time Let's get into it uh, What we got Sponsor It doesn't change Ladies and gentlemen It's consistent Every week Every week They love us We love them Yeah And they love Every first responder That carries responsibly And what is it Dre Stop box USA USA Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the discount code never changes. It's still all caps, Silverback Podcast. Get that 20% off and enjoy yourself. Stay safe. They're making everything perfect for the world. Shout out to uh, Mr. Ray Ortiz. He won a freestyle box. Sure did. He he got it. We're going to post that soon when he sends us. Yeah. And we got two more. Who won it? Oof. We got two more. So two, we got two more What's up? For free. What's up? What's good? We'll think of something to uh, give it away. Absolutely. But um, give a shout out to my boys. Fourth quarter. Everybody appreciates you. Love you. To everybody that tune in on us, we appreciate you. We love you very much. So, listen, this podcast is different. All we need is just to touch every ear, just to listen, so we can get this thing going. But listen, with no further ado, listen, we got a special guest tonight. It don't special. Get no, it don't get no better than what we got right now. My brother Braggs led us off with episode 30. A phenomenal episode. So you know what? It's the second part to the trilogy. Tonight we got Miss Kelly Braggs, ladies and gentlemen. Yo. Part two of the Bragg story. Part two of the Bragg story. Kelly. This is the Bragg supremacy. Bring the mic to you, baby, so they can hear you. Hello. Thank you for having there me we this go. evening. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Pleasure. Listen, how are you? 
I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fantastically well. Can't complain. We appreciate you for coming out. Um, so listen, Kelly, where are you from? Born and raised. I was born in Baltimore, and I grew up in Hartford County. Nice. <laughs> How was it like? <laughs> How was Hartford County growing up? It was very nice. I was brought up in a very loving, welcoming, intact household. I'm very close with my family to this day. I still have a great relationship with my older sister and my parents. Awesome. That's dope. Played any sports growing up? I did. I played soccer and lacrosse. Nice. I played in college as well. Excuse me. Which oh, one? Showing off. Right. <laughs> Got I a jock in here. McDaniel College McDaniel? in Westminster, Maryland. Nice. Shout out to them. Absolutely. You played soccer there? I did. Nice. And lacrosse? And lacrosse. Oh, wow. Yes. Look at you. Look at you. Okay. Two-letter athlete. Right phenomenal and um so what do you do now as a living i am a mental health counselor i work in bel-air and i have my own private practice well what's the name of your private practice kelly bragg lcpc licensed clinical professional counselor hallelujah nice so listen what led to the field that you're in as a mental health specialist well, to be honest, when I was in college, I endured an athletic injury, and I didn't realize the mental impact that it has on athletes when something that you're so passionate about is taken away from you, when it's a big part of your identity and you can no longer participate in what you love. Wow. That's huge for student-athletes. Absolutely. <clears throat> and it, and, it, and it, it, it even comes home because you were a student-athlete, so you know what we went through. Right, and my heart goes out to the student athletes right now during this pandemic who unfortunately are unable to participate in the sports that they went to college for. Wow, so how was that experience being hurt? Uh, I'm pretty sure you were stressed out. Yeah, it, it was a lot to navigate and figure out, but I soon learned a new role that I played on my team. So while I wasn't actively participating on the field, I found new ways to support my teammates. Wow, excellent. That shows your character and how you are as a person and an individual. You're not selfish at all. It's all about the team. Thank you. Awesome. So that lit the flame, and now that came into fruition. Mm-hmm. Of So what, you started working somewhere, and then eventually you just felt as though, I got to get my own. Right. I After college, pursued my master's degree in counseling psychology. I attended Loyola University, and then after that, I pursued my licensure after I acquired so many hours of supervision and observation hours. So I, like I said, I continued on and got my, uh, my, I took the NCE, which is the national counselor exam. I had to take a board exam and eventually I was qualified to practice on my own. I worked at an outpatient mental health facility starting out. And then I worked at a group practice for a little while. And then the courage that I built up and the confidence that one of my prior supervisors, she gave me, um, she encouraged me to go out on my own. And that's kind of something I want to talk about today is vulnerability and how, unless we put ourselves out there and take that emotional risk, we oftentimes don't know what the outcome can be. You know what? I'm glad you said that because I always refer back to Steve Harvey when he said, if you really want to get out there and be the best you that you can be you got to take that leap of faith and just jump mm-hmm. Absolutely. you're gonna fall you might sprain your ankle break a bone or two but you won't know right what's scarier not knowing or taking that leap of faith and trying and then potentially being successful excellent so what led you to that breaking point where it's like you know what how was you feeling emotionally was you like what was it that led to you finally like you know what i just got to go ahead and just go go for it what what do you think was holding you back so much well i guess holding me back it's a little scary doing something outside of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and i guess too like it was after I had had my first child, so I felt secure where I was. I um, the job security, which oftentimes I feel like is what keeps people comfortable. In, exactly. While it might not be <clears throat> desirable or ideal, the comfortability keeps you there, mm-hmm. and that's something I kind of also saw as my husband returned to Baltimore City. It was something that. 
he had longed for and his experience starting out there was so great. And he really had that sense of belonging and brotherhood at Baltimore City that he wasn't getting from his other place of employment. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me understand, too, why he made the decision that he did to go back to Baltimore City. Awesome. And and, and I, I can understand that because that's huge, you know, and molding the person that you are and really confined. And listen, this is this is what makes me the best me. And plus, not to mention that you got children, like you said, your first child. So starting a business, getting over that hump is like, damn, am I really going to take this leap of faith? I got a secure, you know, career. Or do I want to just sit back and stay here? But who knows? Who knows what? What you know? Who knows what can happen if I take this leap of faith and I'm my own boss? Mm-hmm. I create my own legacy. Sure, it's high risk, high reward. Absolutely, especially what you know what you're doing and being focused about it. Because a lot of people create their own business, but they're not business. They don't. They, they don't take their time to learn the ins and outs to business. They're not productive, and that's why a lot of businesses fall short because they have that attitude and. Unfortunately, it does happen like that where people lose their business. <clears throat> sure. So that's that's because a lot of people fall in love with the fact of I'm my own boss, but they don't put the work in. You know what right. I mean? Right. And going back to sports, I feel like that drive, that internal motivation, I don't know if it can be taught. I think it's something that can be learned and it can be innate. And that's something that I feel like I acquired through sports growing up as well. So how was the pro- how was the process with uh, obtaining your own practice, and uh, how long have you had it now for? Actually, last week was three years that I've been private practice. Nice, congrats, congrats. congratulations! Thank That's you huge. very much. Phenomenal accomplishment. And with the support from my family, my husband, now I feel like it, it wouldn't have been possible without. Greg's encouragement and support at home. We made some sacrifices in order for me to do that. But ultimately, I feel like it was my calling to be in private practice. I have a lot of flexibility. I make my own hours. I'm able to be home with our now two children. Awesome. They don't get no better than that. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So what type of patients do you deal with on a regular basis? I serve children, adolescents, adults. I see it all. I prefer young adults. I feel like that's a pos- um, a population that I can really connect with. Mm-hmm. Do you think that helps in also shaping and molding them to getting past their, you know, their fears or sure. things that they've been through? Yeah, I feel like that's a time where young adulthood is when we're trying to figure out where our niche is and where our place is and what impact we're going to have in the world. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So how long have you been with uh, Mr. Braggs himself? Sir Braggs. <laughs> Proud of you, bro. <laughs> Proud of you, big guy. I, got you, I love you more, bro. Got your flowers in the back, by the way. We went on our first date in February of 2010. Wow. First date, huh? She remembers the date date in everything, bro. We did meet in sixth grade, though. We've been friends since middle school. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Look at you, Brad. I'm so proud of you, (laughs) guy. That's awesome, man. (laughs) That's true love. Because true love is the soul's counterpoint. <laughs> Our five-year wedding anniversary is coming up October twenty-fourth. So you guys gonna October. throw like a party? Are you gonna throw a party? <laughs> oh, that's right, because of COVID. It's just gonna be you know five, six people just hanging out at the crib and social distancing, there. right? Because I I messed up, but you know, true love is the soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another. There you go. What movie is this that? This is beautiful. Beautiful. But no, that's awesome, and the reason why. I think what you do for a profession and having a practice relates to law enforcement itself because um, uh, our current brother and, and, and partner, Braggs, has been through a lot, you know, starting with Baltimore City when he was here. And he's been through, you know, the process of getting involved in the shooting and the aftermath of it psychologically. 
And of course, we're not there with him 24-7 when he has to deal with that because we don't know what that weighs on him. And you being a specialist, his wife, I'm sure you've helped him cope with that to a, a certain degree. Can you elaborate or talk about that? Sure. I, I try to make him as welcoming and comfortable and supportive as possible. How was that when you got the news that he was involved in the shooting? And what what were you thinking about prior to him not even getting home, just getting that phone call? You being a wife of a police officer. It's scary receiving that phone call. And I know, you know, you wasn't there, but I know it's scary receiving that phone call, but then knowing that he's okay. And now what's what's the rebuilding phase like mentally with him? Sure. Well, knowing that everything my husband was safe, that was a sigh. It was a huge relief on my end, knowing that he was safe and that he would be coming home that evening. And just like any day that he goes to work, I feel like, you know, he might be scheduled 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., but there's no guarantee that he's ever going to be home on time. Mm -hmm. And that day especially, there was no timeline and there was no indicator of what time that he would be home, but knowing that he would be home brought tremendous relief, joy, happiness. Excellent. Now, with that experience, do you? how do you feel being a being a mental professional how was he when he got home how was he the following days following weeks did you feel as though you know was it did you see it hurt him was there any ways that you can you know how was it how was it seeing your husband being one of your patients in essence greg's always been really good at compartmentalizing work and his personal life Mm -hmm. So as my role at that time, I made sure he was aware that if he wanted to come to me and talk to me, that he had a safe place to do so. Excellent. That's amazing. Like, you have the advantage, right? Because you're trained for this. Is there any, like, maybe easy little tips for women that are not mental professionals, but their husbands? Because most cops... Most firemen, most first responders, we do, we, that's what we do. Can you say that word again? Because I don't want my car print. <laughs> compartmentalize. Oh, compartmentalize. Compart- I always had trouble with that word. I've always been. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like an apartment and you put the com in front. Car. It's a car. Compart- compartmentalize. Yes. So, like, is there any tips maybe for all these, you know, wives, first responder wives? Anything that you could advise them that hey you know how sure. can I help? Yeah. yeah i feel like it's really important in any profession to be able to set boundaries personal and professional boundaries is really important nice gotcha do you think patience is key to your field i think patience is important and as a therapist i always encourage my clients to lead this therapeutic dance i don't push my clients to disclose any more than they feel comfortable sharing with me nice and it can also go i feel like in your personal relationships as well greg knew that i was there to support him but i wasn't going to push him to talk about it if he wasn't ready and I think readiness is crucial, especially in therapy when your clients reach out. That takes so much courage to initiate the counseling process. Because you could push them away if you're too like, all right, what's going on? You know, tell me what's right. going on. You know, it, it can shy them away from my right. Push, yeah, Absolutely. Pushing, it can know? be an emotional, I feel like, dump the first session, especially because you're doing an intake process and you're, getting to know your client, understanding what brings them in. But at the same time, if they jump in too quickly, as you said, I feel like it might deter them from coming back. Right. How many patients do you see regularly? On average, I see 10 to 15 clients a week. It's a good balance. As I said, for me right now, having two little ones at home. Mm -hmm. Still a lot though. I mean, yeah, definitely 10 to 15 a week. Now, what's what's a session? About half an hour, hour? 45 to 60 minutes. Nice. Do you think um, that helps for, like, just say any, you know, any personnel in law enforcement that just needs another outlet? 
you know, a third person to talk to. Do you think that helps along the, the way? I think anybody can benefit from counseling, whether it's a police officer or somebody that's outside of the profession as well. It helps to have a third party to bounce ideas off of. That's, un, you know, a person who is unbiased. That's perfect. Absolutely. Because it shows it shows that, you know, I don't know you guys. I don't know you from Adam. But, you know, it just it, it, it shows that validity. I'm just here to listen to you. Right. You know, it points you to the right direction, the right avenue, mm-hmm. going about doing things. Now, that's awesome. That is phenomenal. And I think we need to break the stigma that vulnerability is a sign of weakness. Mm. Elaborate on that, please. Yeah, please, because I, I, I've i taken counseling, but I, it took a month before I would go because it's like, ugh, I don't want to talk to this person about this. There's nothing wrong with me. What yeah, I like, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm good. Just you know, give me like, a minute. You know what I'm saying? When I used to drink heavy, it was like, ah, I got it under control. And then when you get there and you have like this, you know, you finally work up the nerve to get there. You have this person like, yo, nah, you don't. And it's like, wow, you know? Absolutely. Because your family is always going to be like, it's okay, I forgive you. Or, you know, like, just be careful. This, that, and the third. But it isn't until you walk into those doors and it's just you and the other person and you're sitting in this couch. And it's like, boom. It, it, It wakes you up. Sure. And I wanted to hear from you as we talked about vulnerability. How do you define vulnerability? And can you give me an example of a time that I know you just said, Dre, that you went to counseling and you put yourself in a position where you were emotionally vulnerable. Right. But vulnerability is also the birthplace of hope, success, Wow. Satisfaction, fulfillment, all these positive emotions that unless you, as we say, show up and put yourself out there, you may not get to experience. But it's like what you H was saying earlier, it's about being comfortable, uncomfortable. I put I made myself it was very uncomfortable for me to be sitting there, but like you said, it was a birth because I learned so much from there. Sure. And I'm a completely different person since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, because of counseling, like it's legit. Yeah. And in the line of work that we do, I mean, it's, would you advise like first responders or anyone just to like maybe go, I don't know, routinely or. Well, let me ask you this. If you had a physical injury, would you go to physical therapy routinely? Yeah. Wow. Makes sense. (laughs) If you have a brain injury or some sort of trauma, then I think counseling is necessary and almost essential. Awesome. I agree. Miss Braggs is deep over there. Yeah, she's a great listener. She's a great listener. So, like, how about like you know, with the line of work that we do, we see a lot of stuff every day, and we go from you know maybe a child abuse to a larceny to a shooting to a burning building, you know, and then it's like right before your shift ends, you're hanging out in front of the corner store just. You know, laughing it up. Like, does that damage a person? Even though I don't feel damaged. Like, it's part of the job. I'm good. Like, yo, I handled it. I wrote my report. I did this. I did that. But it's like, is there anything that could be done besides, you know, like. Like coping skills? Correct. Yes, coping skills. Well, there's not a one-size-fits-all form of treatment. And I feel like it requires you doing trial and error and figuring out what works best for you. That's amazing. Yeah, because... That's a good point. I mean, you think about it. You do this job even now, 25 years, that they want us to do. Trauma every day, 24-7, for 25 years. A lot of officers aren't enjoying their retirement. A lot of them don't make it six months to a year following retirement so it's 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 a lot and of course it's individual how they are as a person if they let the job affect them that much but you know over 20 years of doing this job especially in the city that's non-stop that's always leading the death toll yearly you know i think you being a professional in, in this area of mental awareness i think more officers need to see somebody 
even if it's once a year. I mean, just like, you know, we get our physicals twice a year, every six months. I think that's good as well. Just to speak to somebody, just to let them know, listen, my year has been crazy. Everything I've been dealing with. It's not a bad thing. It's just to let that person know and to talk to somebody. A lot of a lot of officers hold that in, you know, for years and years out. Yeah, it would be interesting if they made it a requirement for training. Just like every year, you might have to get recertified in certain areas. I mm-hmm. wonder if they would incorporate just as you mentioned, just touching base and checking in with a professional. Right. What that would look like and what that. <clears throat> would feel like for the police I think officers. there's always a need for that and officers do need that and I'm glad you brought that up because it should be incorporated every year you know without training you know just to go see somebody talk to them just to make sure everybody's squared away that you're okay and still fit to do the job I'm not gonna lie like since starting the podcast since we started the podcast um, having so many different people from different walks of life I'm already like planning like for next year I'm gonna go see a therapist I'm gonna see a physical therapist because we had Jan on. Absolutely. And um, and just you know, do it like Brax said, just stay physically fit. Because I feel like in that aspect, yes, the department doesn't require that. It, we're required to fulfill our requirements as far as like in service, mm-hmm. but as far as like putting the best officer forward, we're required seeing a therapist and a physical therapist to make sure we can run, but also be mentally fit. Right, and that would help break down the stigma as well, I feel like, if it's required versus optional. Right. Big difference. Huge difference. Big difference. Oh, yeah. But it's always a start. Yeah. You know what I mean? And once you do it, it's like, I'm like now, because like, I've done it a couple of times, I'm not afraid to go in and like, hey, this is what it is. Right. But like at the beginning, it's tough. Absolutely. So I feel like, you know, if whoever's listening... Just take that first step, like kind of like what you guys with the intro. Take the first step, and I guarantee you, like you said, the birth will come from that. Yeah, just don't be too aggressive. Put the tip in. You know what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> I guess we'll go. To, I guess we'll go to blocks the badges. Miss <laughs> Braggs, I got a yo, question boy, for you. Get your boy, Braggs. So stupid. Nice. Can't control them. How do you, um, can you paint the picture? I think you're the first um, cop wife that has been on the she show is. this she year. Is. So, she is. Yeah. So um, can you break down from your standpoint um, what it is, you know, when your warrior leaves every day? Um, you know, what are you experiencing? What are you thinking about? You know, what are you kind of just as a wife? Um, can you? Paint a picture for not only for the audience but for the other um, wives out there or the other spouses out there. He said, "Your warrior." I like Just that. saying that. Right. He well, said, a police warrior. wife is definitely not for the weak or the wounded. It nice. fire. <laughs> I did you just shoot his gun? Like what was that? Was that his? <laughs> no joking? <God>. Sorry. <laughs> I. I'm hopeful and I'm confident that Greg is trained to do his job thoroughly, which gives me some peace of mind knowing that if he's put in a situation that's uncomfortable, that he has adequate training to respond in an appropriate manner. Listen, you he's equipped and he's ready. How do you know? I know that guy. <laughs> nah, I I know his I know his regimen, his dedication to his job, to his career, and I know one other thing. Coming to the mic, Braggs. Yes, sir. Kelly. Yes. You are his fire, the one desire life. When I say I want it that way Tell me why Ain't nothing but a heartache Tell me why Ain't nothing but a mistake Tell me why I never wanna hear you say I want it that way The remix 
That's the that's the that's cause the forties the new thirty. So I like it. But yes, phenomenal <laughs> intro. Thank you, Miss Kelly. Jeez. Oh, Miss Kelly, you are from Baltimore. You are from this area, and you know we do not ask about colleges. What's the first thing you ask if you're from the Baltimore area? What high school did you go to? I attended C Mountain Wright High School. There you go. There you go. We'll never talk about. We'll never talk about colleges. I know it's a school, right? If you're from this area, we really don't care about what college you went to. It's always what high school. It's all high school. Yeah, yeah everybody's like, what high school you go to? Yeah, everybody's like, what high school you go to? It's the same. It's the same in, in the Bronx. I mean, yeah. New York City. Yeah. It was like, yo, what high school you went to? Right. Yeah. That dictates the next the, the next conversation. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Right. Triple C. Yo. What we got? Blocks to badges. We had some late entries today from our boy Atlas143. Oh man, what's up, bro? Uh, he wants to know which call was the best you had the privilege to be a part of. Oh, wow, wow, there's so many. That's the thing about this profession. Like everybody always highlights the bad. Like, I would say 90, 90, 93% of the, 95% of the day. Yeah. It's good cause. Yeah. It's not bad at all. I'm trying to think of a good one. I mean, you could go first. I'm trying uh, to You got any good cause? What cause? Yeah, yeah jump in here, Bragg, if you got one. Man. It's been a minute. Atlas, Atlas be on question. point. Atlas be on point. He do be on point. Yeah, he's always on point. I mean, Damn. you know, every once in a blue moon, you get your typicals. I can't find my kitty cat. <laughs> Yo, hey yo, what's in his cup? Yo, what's in his cup? Hello, what's in his cup? Um, no more Jack and Honey. That's it. Cut off, baby. Come on, man. I mean, there's so many good calls, man. I think a good call is where everybody's, you know, the uh, officer leaves safe. And the uh, complaining is happy with the service. You know, what's a great call for me is when we know our business owners and we get that call that, you know, you got the knuckleheads in front of their store and they won't leave. I love going there to distract them and get them the hell out of there. So the business owner can be like, listen, thank you, officer. I appreciate you. Because you know what? It kills their business. Yeah. You got a whole. You got a whole. You got fifteen knuckleheads in front of their store, sitting there not doing anything, just stopping traffic for entering inside their store, being disrespectful, smoking weed, stealing stuff half the time while they're in there. I mean, it's it's disgusting. But you get officers like myself, Dre, Braggs, we go in there handle the situation. It's like a sigh of relief when the business owner can look at you in your face. Thank you so much, officer. Yeah. It's a friendly face. I, I, a happy quote was the other day. I think about this. I, we were um, one of my fellow detectives, um, Nolan. We were we were riding back to the district, and a call came out for a gentleman with two guns. There you go. Came what out. happened? And um, a female sergeant MC. She's she's been in that for a long time. She knows what she's doing. Um, shout out to her. She'll be on the show. So she goes and she's investigating. She started the investigation, and then we go to back her up. And, you know, the guy ran, but she held the car where the two guns were. But now we, we, need, the, we need the suspect. We went, we got there, and just in time, we, we found the guy, and it was, it was a bang-bang play. Like, it was awesome. It was a, that was a happy call. Because nobody guns. got hurt. Right, he had two guns. Um, we never discharged. We never, I didn't even have to come out of the holster. He didn't have the guns. Everybody was safe. And that's two guns out of that. It was a very dangerous neighborhood. That's two guns out of a dangerous neighborhood, and no one got hurt. That's a happy call. That's what you call a thorough investigation. Yeah, he had a revolver and a semi-auto. It was, he was he was gonna do some he was work. Ready. He was gonna yeah, like they were arguing, and it's like somebody called like, "Hey, there's a you know male." I never like to say color. There's a male arguing, and everybody went. She went. She initiated it. She did her thing. Held the car. He ran. Other officers came, and we got him. Nice. That was a good call. That was a happy call. It felt good like you got back in the street. Yo, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was like, I'm ready to go back to this. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to give up the tie and right. Put the blues back on. Get that vest back on and right. go. Yeah. That's 
Right. I mean, yo, honestly, if they if they loosen up the leash, I'll get out there. Guys. Get out there, get a couple guns. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll leave the paperwork alone. I don't mind it. Right. That's right. Hold the line. Hold the line. Triple C. What else? Um, thoughts on the Derek Chauvin's release? This is another question from Atlas One Four Three. Thoughts on the Derek Chauvin release and how it will um, affect protests? I mean, he's like any other citizen, bro. If 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 he can make that bail, right? It's, it's what it is. That's just, uh, like it's. <laughs> it's not like he he's avoiding it. He made bail. It's a million dollars. Million dollars, ten percent on his hundred thousand. Yeah, and it wasn't even somebody it was put no it bonds. Up. It was no cash. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's like any other civilian, bro. And he's gonna see his day in court, like everybody like else. Everybody else. So it should be no riots. It should be none of that. It should not be any riots. And this I, country's so emotional right and, now. Um, like, and I can speak on it from being a uh, for being a former commissioner. Um, when people are setting bonds, especially whether they call them magistrates or they call them commissioners, um, you're looking at public safety. You're looking at not only the um, the alleged crime. So, for example, um, in in Baltimore City, where I used to work, um, crimes of violence were hold without bail. So the only person who could give the bail would be a judge. So depending on what they charge the person with, depending on what's going on, um, you still have your rights. And I think people don't understand as is a difference between jail and prison. Um, and it's still we have to understand that we're still a country of laws and rules. Right. So you have your right to go to court. You have a right to confront your accusers, front to go, all of, the, all of these things. So they have to present evidence against you that, you know, whatever they are charging you with will go wrong. And then you, you have to look at public safety as well. So. You know, when you factor all those things in, um, a bail is not is not supposed to be used as a penalty. It's supposed to be used for public safety. So if he posts a bail, then, you know, he goes to court. If he doesn't, then he'll get a bench warrant and then he won't most likely get out the next time. Listen, he's going to serve his day in court. There's no need for riots and the extra nonsense. He's going to serve his time. Everything's going to happen. But, um, you know, just let it, let it play out. Right, way. like, <clears throat> civilians, I get it, like, you're upset, but let's stop being so emotional. Yeah, take a seat back. And let, and let the judges and the lawyers handle what they got to handle because, right. I mean, destroying your own cities and calling for these things, like, it's not getting us anywhere. I mean... <clears throat> I mean, Kelly, from 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 your standpoint, like when you're seeing this stuff on TV, like, like what do you see? Like, I'll be completely honest with you. I watch very little television or news because that's what helps me separate. As I said, like my husband's career and our home life, I spend very little time watching the media. Good for you. Good. It's always negative anyway. Exactly, yeah, nowadays, and the yeah, way that they convey and portray your profession as police officers, a lot of it is negative. And they have no clue. Yeah, it's easy for the spectators, the outsiders, mm. to be able mm. to tell the police officers, or for any profession for that matter, how to do their jobs. You just dropped. Kelly Kelch just showed up. Bomb. What, what, what's her nickname? She just showed up. Whatever her nickname, she just showed up. Kelly Kells just showed up. Kelly you know Kells. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, Mars. For all you spectators that are not certified to wear the badge, nor know the law, she just said that. Fall back. Stop thinking you know everything. Word. Wait till everything is fully investigated. Right. Before you start. Talking the talk, running your mouth, please, because you don't know none of the facts. Nathan's it's all opinions. Hefty trash bags. Stop it. Ask questions. Peacefully right, protest. Where you get a pop out? Right, chancleta and the and the cheeks. <laughs> K Batista three two five. Um, favorite shift to work. Oh, that's easy. Wherever the money's at. <laughs> Call the phone. What? 
12, 12, what is it, 12 to 7? 7 to 3, 3 to 11, what's Listen, up? Hey, yo. I'll be there. Police work never sleeps, bro. I'll be there. It's 24-7. Text me. Show me the money. That's it. That's it. I was the only detective working this weekend. I believe They it. called me. I'm you, call, like, you called me? Yeah. What's up? What's up? What happened? What needs to be done? Right. How much we owe? Oh, you oh Okay, I'll be there. Say no more. You know, kids school got to get paid, so. Let's get it. Let's go get it. The thing is, what's the name, Batista? Yes, mm-hmm. K. Batista. K. Batista. Good I, dude. Great dude. But, bro, when you get in this profession, you have a start time, but you do not know when your end time is. Right. If you work in, let's say you work in the day shift, you get a last-minute shooting. You're not going home, bro. Yeah, you're gonna be late for supper. <laughs> you gonna be late for dinner. If if you if you call like Bragg's called Miss Kelly, plenty of time, honey. I'm not gonna be home on time. I just got this call. I'm gonna be here for a minute. You got an understanding wife. First and foremost, you know, once you get in this profession, just know it's it's the civilian life is over with. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to all those wives that understand when their husbands or they, or shout out to all those spouses that understand that when their significant others call. I'm gonna give a shout out to my wife, my little buddy Quita. Baby, I love you. Thank you so much. Every day, all day. There's been days where Papa Ben get to come home for like two days. You know what I'm saying <laughs> the way you get down. Or, but um. Like, you, get, you get a rider in your corner, it just make things easier. It does. And then they hold the down, they hold the house down. They hold everything down. My favorite shift right now where I'm at, when my current position, I like six to two. It's quiet. Gets a little it, it, it started it, Cause at like seven like three to eleven, like three starts. Everything's you go on call to call. Right. Around seven, eight, nine o'clock, things start dying down. Dying down a little bit. And then I go off at two, so can't beat that. Yeah. yeah, I think you know what started that that movie three o'clock high. You know it's gonna pop off. Of Every day. Yeah, brass knuckles What's and everything. It, it, Meet old. you in the parking lot. That's three right. <laughs> but you know what? No matter the case, there's always gonna be a last minute call. Yeah, that you got that you can't do nothing about. Somebody's gonna catch it. It's it's gonna be there. Yeah. So you just gotta, you know, it's what you signed up for. Bro. It's because we're servicing unpredictable people. Like we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know what's gonna happen. Everything could be smooth, and guess what? Boom. Five minutes before they call us in, boom, you got shooting. Shoot. Boom, you got a stabbing. Boom, you know what I mean? You got a rape. Boom, it's, and you gotta you gotta respond to. You it. gotta go handle. You it. can't be like, hey, yo, <laughs> I'm going to the district. <laughs> Can you hold that call for me, please? No, it's a priority one call. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Miss Kelly, what, what favorite shift do you like? Uh, uh, muffins work. My favorite days are his days off. I know that's right. right. Hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> that's perfect. Each shift has its benefits and drawbacks. Do you have any? She's right. Absolutely. She's absolutely right. Do you have any questions for us, Miss Brags? Miss Kelly? Shoot from the head, baby. Let me. Know. I got yeah, one for Miss Braggs. Triple C, you got one for her. Yeah. What What are some um, as a friend? So, like, when we're on base, we have um, these little kind of cards for for mental health that we um, when we're watching out for the soldiers, we call them um, like as a battle buddy. So every soldier has a battle buddy. What are What are some um, triggers, some norms that you see that could help um, the average person or a person that has a loved one that's a, in first responder or any you know anything that's going on what are some triggers or some kind of norms that would have somebody alert that they need help that's a great question can you repeat the question one more time sure what are some triggers or some norms that like so for me right now being around us being around three officers of course you're trained but what would be like a norm where I would have to say, okay, let me call somebody because they may need help. Or what are some of those kind of baseline things that you may see, like a person doing certain things? Are there like a top five kind of triggers that the average person should look for to help their, you know, their 
Are friend. you talking about like red flags? Like yes, signs? yes, okay, yeah, signs. Saying, uh, Sorry yeah, about okay. that. No, it's okay. I just wanted to make sure I was understanding your question correctly. I feel like isolation is a big red flag. That's an indicator that somebody <clears throat> is probably in need of help. Okay. If you notice somebody that typically is more outgoing, social, and notice that they're starting to spend more time alone, away from the family, they're disconnecting their self, I think that can be a huge indicator that something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other, um, any other things that are, that are kind of subtle that you may see or some, certain things that you may, you know, if, if somebody were coming to you, like, again, what would be like some more red flags that you would say, that you would suggest? I feel like heightened anxiety is very common in a lot of the individuals that I see. Mm-hmm. And the way that I describe anxiety on a spectrum is future focused thinking, whereas depression is more of the past, like ruminating on things that have already happened. And I would say that anxiety and depression are most prevalent in my private practice. That's the majority of the clients that I serve exhibit symptoms of both depression and anxiety. And oftentimes they come hand in hand. Mm. I, like mm. that. I mean, that's yeah. That everybody experiences that. I got a question for you, Miss Kelly. What separates your practice from everybody else's? Because you've been there, you work sure. there. So, what can you? What What can you? What's the name of your LLC again? What's the name of your business? Oh. Kelly Bragg LCPC. Kelly Bragg LCPC. Now, why should I come to you? If I go to Kelly Bragg LCPC. What makes me want to come back to you? What makes me want to come to you? What can you do for me to specialize in mental awareness? I take a lot of pride in connecting with my clients. I feel like the therapeutic relationship is the foundation to them making progress. And I think that can be applied across the board in any profession. Right. Even as police officers, taking awareness and giving the community Uh, attention and the individuals who you serve i think can help facilitate a smoother encounter or a smoother uh, interaction between you and the individuals who you serve in baltimore city definitely i like that because i always say it's all in your delivery and if you have an officer that has not been through counseling a lot of people look at counsel as negative, which Dre, you know, brought up earlier. And that's true. They just don't have the fight or the grit to just fall back. You know what? I need some professional help because I've been through a lot and I got a short fuse. That's what I see through a lot of officers that's been on the job for years and years. They got a short fuse. So what they do is they just don't deal with it. They keep it moving. And what I mean by keep them always, they don't even interact with the individual because they know once the individual says something slick and get to a point, they used to just acting instead of sitting back, talking to them. It's okay to take the abuse because initially what we come across is somebody that's ignorant. Not saying everybody is ignorant, but in Baltimore City in particular, you know, it's, it's hard to have a constructive conversation with somebody that's been battered their whole life. And I get that. But you come across an officer that's been through it, got 10, 15 years on, and all he's been getting is being battered by battered. And he's just trying to create constructive conversation. And you come across that individual. Sometimes that officer has got a short fuse on dealing with things. So I think with your practice, it's paramount. And somebody coming to talk to you because you gives that you give that insight. Listen, it's OK. It's okay to come talk to me. Break down the barriers. You're not at work now. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's paramount in helping. Even dudes that got 15, 20 years on, it's good to see somebody like yourself in that professionalism because you can guide anybody. And it's all about your delivery at the end of the day. Yeah, you got 15, 20 years on, but you still got to act. You still got to be that professional image. And it's hard for some officers that deal with trauma for 15, 20 years, every day, all day, dealing with ignorance, ignorance, ignorance. Right, and never went to go talk to a therapist. Never, right. So they're holding all that in, 
and right. it manifests itself in yeah, different it ways, as you mentioned. Like they might be more irritable, they Jesus. might be more angry, and our society shuns those negative emotions. We are very uncomfortable sitting with an individual who is angry, an individual who's even sad. I feel like sometimes we just want it to stop as quick as possible. So we have a difficult time sitting with somebody who is experiencing those emotions. However, we're human. It's natural to experience anger. It's natural to experience sadness. It's normal to experience those feelings. And without experiencing those negative emotions that we kind of push aside, it's impossible to experience the other side of the spectrum, the happiness, the joy. You can't numb one side without the other. Yeah. Oh, she, yo, she's like a dictionary. I'm proud of you. Jesus Christ. Right. You take insurance, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You take insurance referrals. Because I'm coming to talk to you. Right? You know what I'm saying? Just give me a nice little hour. And we could just shoot the shit and just talk. <laughs> I feel, I feel I feel like twenty pounds lighter. Just saying, Listen, right? That's why I've been so quiet. I'm like, because observing, uh, I yeah. think every your every officer needs that. You do need that because a lot of officers. Listen, when you it's deal when you deal with that day and day negative ignorance, you know it's like damn. You know what's but, crazy? But go ahead, my phone. No, go ahead. You go. No, 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 go ahead. No, let it go. There's a show called Billions on Showtime. Do you watch it? Is I it? do not. I thought it was on HBO. Showtime? No, Billions. Billions. Okay. So this guy, he runs this multi-billion dollar like hedge fund. On staff, he has a therapist. Mm. So when a uh, day trader is not performing, they go see the therapist. And she gets in. And when they leave that office... Mm. They're fired up. They're ready to go. They figured it out. Like, what's blocking me? What's stopping me from making these millions? Imagine if, like, departments had an on-staff therapist. Like, I just got off a call from a fire, and I just saw something. I, I don't like, you know, I saw something. I It bothered me, right. and I'm not, like, all right right now. Right. Could you imagine how dope it would be like to go see it on like a to have a, one readily accessible, like right there, not like go downtown, make an appointment, do all this. Wait no. a couple weeks to no, get no, an no. appointment, right? So could you imagine how accessible? sick that would be? I don't know. I was just thinking about business because of what you said and what you know. Sure, that would be insane. That'd be amazing. That would be insane. I mean, because they want us to perform better. They want us to, but they're not treating us like. You know what I mean? So I like, I mean, it's it's reality. If you with this job, you got to wear fifteen and twenty different hats. You just have to. You got to set your personal feelings aside, and you're here to do a job and conduct yourself accordingly. Like anything, you're an agent of your department, so you want to do what's best for your department, right? And enforce the laws that you can, you know, enforce. But with that being said, dealing with a lot. Dealing with a lot of trauma, it can get to a person. And that's one of the main reasons why officers that do over 20 years, 25 years, they're not, they're not living a year after their retirement. Oh, they're carrying that baggage. They're just, they're just not. I mean, that's a fact. I remember, you know, big Jimmy Wilder. God bless his soul. May he rest in peace. Love that man. He Great did, person. Listen, it, you know what, you know what kills me because he was an amazing man and he helped any and everybody. He was our wagon guy in the Northeast district. And I mean, I, listen, he will take his shirt off for you. If you ain't have a shirt, he'll give you his last shirt. He had on his back. That's how much he loved and cared for his, his fellow partners. And it, it, it messed me up when not even six months I saw him. He came to the Northeast district to qualify, you know, just being retired. Just to just to keep his permit, yo. He passed away, bro. Just passed away. It's too many officers that just not enjoying their lives after the career, and they just some of them are eating their guns. God rest their soul. I don't know why it gets to that point, and it's just. I think this should be you know department. We should do more with our own, especially the old timers, because you know they get ready to leave. So. Retirement can be a difficult transition. It really can be. Absolutely. And I'm wondering if there's anything that 
police departments and employers in general can do to help expedite that process and make it easier on individuals. Make it smoother for them to go sure. out. Sure, <clears throat> yeah, because a lot of people have so much identity in what they do and they do it for so long like you had mentioned and when it's time to finally hang up the boots, it's like that's the, completely stripped away from them. You know what? I'm glad you said that yeah. and that's true. It's a lot of people that should be retiring but they don't retire because they don't know nothing else to do with themselves. Because they're so attached to the they're job. They're so attached to this job. They don't know any. They don't know any other form of outlet, but being a supervisor and coming here to do what they do. You during my during my accident when he told me there's a chance I may not be able to like walk or do whatever. Kind of like what you said with your injury with the prof- sure. When he said that, I was I lost it because it's like what I can't be a cop. What, what you mean? Like what do you? This is all I know. Like, you cannot take that away from me. Right. And that's what happens with retirement. It does. You know, like, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I've done this one thing for 25 years. Now I got to go do something else. Right. And you know what's crazy? Like, us, we talk a lot of garbage. Like, oh, I can't wait to retire. I'm going to go. I'm going to make keys and lows. You really don't want to do that. No. We, we really said, don't. We do said that. because it's comfort. We said because it's a joke and we're like cynical we and we're like, ah, it's funny. Listen, when I'm done, I ain't got to do nothing. I just sit here and, all right, let me see your ID. Let me see. But when you sign those paperwork and it's like, and yo, it's done. And you get that you badge. You got that badge no more. And it's like, that black badge, that's all you got to leave with. That's what I'm saying. Like somebody on staff that, hey, you're about to retire. You want to talk? And you can ease them into that transition because right. it's a transition. I would ease them in like a year before. Yeah, day. like hey, you know, little by little, like hey, right steps. That that would be dope to implement. Man. I think so. Yo, like these officers today, they watched today. Was a, there was a, you know the homicide with the bus driver? You trying to tell me all those young guys that just got on the job are not affected from seeing trauma this? like that? And now they're gonna carry that for the next twenty, maybe fifteen, twenty years. Or on top of. Other calls that they've been through. Right. This is going to be stockpile on top. Stockpile. Right. So, you know, we always say, you this know, talking with somebody is, is paramount to what we do as a profession. I don't like to toot our horns because we're in Baltimore City. Just like Chicago. Just like New York. Top cities that go through. LA. We go through a lot. LA got and it, per man. capita, we're up there. We are, because we're a small city, but there's so many homicides, it's, it's it's insane. So, you know, it's paramount that our officers, our fellow brothers and sisters, you know, get guidance from a third party. It's okay to show that vulnerability. Listen, I've been through a lot. I don't know how to cope with it. You know, it's okay to talk to somebody. It's only going to make you, a, not even a better officer, but a better person. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kelly, I appreciate you because you mean a lot. More than you know, you mean a lot to this lifestyle that 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 we've dove into, and I appreciate you and everything you do. I appreciate my brother Greg. Absolutely, he's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate all that you do as well. No, yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for coming, coming on. on. Yeah, for sure. Everything because it's 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 paramount to hear from a professional that's doing it. Mental awareness is huge. You know, being a police officer, we got to be Superman and all this and that. You don't know what we endure 24-7, There's always a kink in the armor. Always. Always. No matter what. And yes, we are built for we We're built for it, but there's some individuals that think they're built for it, but they're really not. And those are the ones that really need to be talked to and have that evaluation. So that they could become better. Become better individuals and and once you become better with yourself you become an a super officer yeah because you're dealing with your weaknesses yeah that nobody wants to bring you know bring forward and that's what you said vulnerability it's okay to let it out it's okay could you please say again like what you said about like within vulnerability what is birthed Right. So that was that was so that was class. That might be a tattoo. I don't well, know. Well, I can't take full credit. I feel like I follow the researcher Brene Brown who studies a lot of shame, vulnerability, courage, all of these emotions and what she has found through her work is that as I mentioned before, vulnerability 
we often, it's a myth that it's a sign of weakness. Really, when you put yourself in a vulnerable situation, whether it's physically or emotionally, Mm. it allows you to have the ability to grow and build the courage to move forward and you know, you, you can't always control the outcome of situations, but if you show up mm. and you give it your all, mm-hmm. then as I mentioned before, that's a sign of courage and that's a sign of strength. Kelly. <sighs> Jesus Christ. That Listen, is amazing. That is just You said three years of Braggs and Kelly. What's the acronym? Say that again. <laughs> Yeah, LLC. What's the acronym? To oh, Licensed Clinical Professional Counselor, LCPC. LCPC, three years. Do you have like Instagram well, or I've Facebook? I've been in my own private practice for three years. I've had my licensure longer, but as I mentioned before, I started my career in an outpatient mental health facility and then took, as I said, I put myself in a vulnerable position and took that leap of faith in private practice. And as it's the best choice that I could have made for my professional in my personal life triple c yo i need that closing music please yeah miss kelly yeah you're a living testament to taking a leap of faith going out there it's okay to fall you're gonna get back up because you're building your legacy through your business and you, helping got others. Tired of, you got tired of the rat race And helping others And helping others Absolutely When it's a true calling God will always find a way to make it happen for you I have so many testaments Just by the Lord himself being with me at all times And Braggs too Because I was there when he had that shooting And that's my brother I love him I love him every day all day When he left and then when he came back It just made my heart warm Cause what he said to me I said bro Why do you want to come back To Baltimore City He said cause I was on the sideline I got tired of it Yo when he said that I got sh- like my, The hair stood up Hair stood up Cause who says that Who man? says that Somebody that's gang gang Bang bang Right He was at a cushy gig With the state police No no offense to the state police Nah nah they do phenomenal work But I know Greg I know his pedigree He's a worker Always been a worker Pedigree And it's just it just warmed my heart, and I love I love my brother. And about your brother, real quick. I'm sorry, I saw him the other day. Oh, in, in his in his uniform. Yeah, sharp, sharp. I yeah. say, damn, who the? Sharp. Oh, that's my boy, bro. Yeah, that's. I Bragg's said, damn, right son. He's on. Yo, nice and right, right. I said, RoboCop, son. Okay, sir. With some swag. I almost saluted him. I was right. like, I was like, oh. But listen, with that being said, yes. ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 40. Miss Kelly Braggs brought it. And I appreciate her. She has home practice. She has a true calling. And it's okay if we get nervous and not sure if we should. Listen, take that leap of faith. She's a living testament. Three years, her own private practice. She put that work in. A lot of people love to get comfortable, and we all do. Listen, the bills are paid. You know, I got vacation. It's nothing like when you're your own boss and you make your own decisions and your own schedule on what you want to do. That goes a long way. To help somebody else. And her being there, having our brother, our brother Bragg's back. He's been in law enforcement for 10 years. She's a cop wife. And she has her own practice dealing with mental health. Don't get no better than that. You see what we bring to the table? This podcast is more than just police work. We're bringing everybody in here because we love what we do. And it's more about healing and and bridging the gap between us and the public. And learning. And learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not bashful. If I don't know nothing, I'm going to ask. It's okay. You're not supposed to know everything. It's about knowing the right people to link into. But listen, with that being said, it's episode 40. I want to thank Kelly for coming in. The Bragg Supremacy? Bragg Supremacy. Yes. It's episode two of uh, the trilogy. Next is Bragg's brother, PG County. Bragg's ultimatum. You know what I'm saying? But uh, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe. 
Listen, we got that new merchandise coming out. All right, me and Dre got a photo shoot on Tuesday. <laughs> you know it's so weird to say that. It's so good. We got a photo shoot. We're gonna show you. Listen, we had a new hat that we do every year, but we got a new hat that's been. It's an. It's brand new. It's different. We got hoodies. We got t-shirts. Everything different. This podcast is different. We here to serve the people and let you know we're not just officers. We love you. We appreciate you, and we give you the real. And look fly while you while you listening. Listen, the guard swag is inc- is impeccable. You hear me? I mean, I'm on fifty all day, all day. But everybody, be safe. Enjoy your weekend. We love you. And this episode forty, we see you at forty one next week. Be safe. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace. These males are called silverbacks because of the silver stripe that develop on their backs when they mature. The oldest males of the group are at least 12 years old. These troops also include several younger males, adult and juvenile females and infants. In addition to providing protection to group members, silverbacks maintain order and decide all activities within their troop. The views and opinions expressed on the Silverback Podcast are those of the hosts, producers, and or the persons appearing on the program, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the federal, state, or local government. This includes, but not exclusive to, the Department of Defense and or the Baltimore City Police Department.